0: The Cult Personality, the cult of
1: personality, the cult of personality. Hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. That is right back again. I know y'all are proud of me because I'm being consistent. That's something I've never been in my life before. (laughs) I'm excited. Consistently putting out podcasts. That's a big deal. A big deal. Also, for those asking before the podcast even starts, this is not a noose. This is just the wire that connects my microphone to the soundboard. Okay. Just want to go ahead and get that out of the way. Off the top. There's no noose anywhere in the studio. There's a lot of wires which can easily be confused as a noose. But no noose. We had several FBI agents come scan the studio. And make sure there were no uh, devices that are uh, used for intimidating people or uh, for... Inciting hate or bigotry or racism because we do not put up with that on this show, especially when it comes to things not an actual noose, but just things that look like a noose. Not going to put up with it whatsoever. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? Uh, off the top, you know the drill. Andrew McLean, who on Twitter, at Andrew McLean, who on Twitter, uh, over the line on Facebook, if you're not on there. And over the line on YouTube. A lot of people have been asking me about the link for the YouTube channel. Apparently there's several over the line pages. And I I don't know anything about it. So if you can't find the YouTube channel. What you need to do is send a message to the over the line page. Or my page or my Twitter or whatever. And uh, I'll get you the link directly. I, I can post it I can post it on on social media but every time I post a link with a with a thing with a, a an actual status or a post nobody ever sees it Facebook algorithms or or whatever no just nobody sees it so I, I don't ever I don't post links when I post links I have to post them in the comments and I still feel like nobody ever sees them so uh, just ask me and I'll get it now speaking of Twitter, there's this big push, and I know this has happened in the past, so that's just the first thing you're going to think of when I tell you this. There's a big push for people to move from Twitter, and I don't know if this is a Facebook thing too, but to move from Twitter to a site called Parlor. all right? Now, my good friend JD had been harassing me for months on end to join Parlor as part of a... Uh, promotion for the podcast or whatever and i fought it and fought it because i'm i'm just like man I, i don't know nobody probably not anybody over there what's the point and i go over there and surprisingly there's a lot of people over there and it's from what i can tell a lot of conservative trump supporters now i i really haven't gotten that far into it so i don't know what the diversity is like as far as political affiliation or whatever. But so far, it's it, it's not bad. It's not a bad side. It really looks a lot like Twitter, if you use Twitter. If you don't have it, a lot of people are moving over to Parler because of the censorship of big tech. And I would dare to say most of you guys have fallen victim to that at least by now. So I encourage you, at the very least, just go to Parler. They've got an app. You can go on the website, on your laptop, or whatever. And just make an account. Spend 20 minutes scoping it out. The, all the all the people that you see on Twitter and the other social media, like the famous people, politicians, pundits, whatever, they're all on Parler as well, and you will find that pretty quickly. The only main character that's not on parlor yet is the president now if i understand correctly they have a an account that mirrors the president's twitter account so they basically i guess just reposted or whatever but a lot of people are trying to push him to go over there so go to parlor check it out if you do I'm on there at Andrew McLean. Who and as of right now, I, I'm kind of just doing the same thing. I'm I'm mirroring what I post on the other social medias onto Parler, but again, it's a good backup plan, especially for those of you that uh, feel like you're suppressed by big tech. So I think that's it. Did we get it all out of the way? All right. It's Wednesday. It's June the twenty fourth, two thousand and twenty. Is that all my announcements? I think it is. Wait, tomorrow. One more. Ready? One more. Tomorrow, if you are listening to this on the 24th, tomorrow, the 25th, I will be on Talk 99.5 from... Oh, what time am I on? 12 to 3, filling in for the legendary Richard Dixon. So if you are a listener of the radio or you're in the Birmingham... Area or outside of Birmingham, the listening area, you can pick it up on 99.5. If not, and you want to listen, talk995.com. You can listen online there. They have an app as well. Plenty of ways to listen. Whatever. Check it out. If you don't, I don't care. Nobody cares. All right. Okay. That's out of the way. Let's start. Biggest news of the day, in my opinion. Now, there's a lot of news out there. So just take this for what it's worth. The biggest story. Coming out of the news cycle today is that of General Michael Flynn finally getting a win in his legal battles with the appellate court saying, y'all got to dismiss these charges. It's done. This is over. This legal fight is over for Michael Flynn. The DOJ has already asked you nicely to dismiss the charges because of all the misconduct by investigators and prosecutors cuz in any other case any i don't care if it's a DUI if you you're being hemmed up on speeding tickets whatever if there is misconduct with the arresting officer with the DA with even with your court appointed attorney your case is going to get thrown out the case is corrupted at that point and it's gone yet Michael Flynn, being basically a political prisoner, this has been drawn out and drugged through the mud and drained Michael Flynn of everything he has in order to not just destroy a man's reputation, but to, well, I, I personally think the original mission was to have him thrown in jail. But if that was not to work... It was to delegitimize this guy so if he did come out at any point and say anything negative towards previous administrations, they could just dismiss it and say, oh, you know, Michael Flynn's a criminal that tried to collude with Russia and Ukraine and whatever else. Because Michael Flynn, I guarantee you this, Michael Flynn has got a lot of dirt on some very important people. And formerly important people. One being the former president of the United States, Barack Obama. This is what you got to understand. The Democrat Party will protect Barack Obama and the legacy of Barack Obama at all costs. They're still riding that wave. That's the only legitimate, that's the only logical reason they would put Joe Biden up is because they thought he could ride Barack Obama's coattails. But it became apparent in the early days that Barack Obama wanted nothing to do with it. Because even in the primary, he's like, eh, I'm not, you know, Joe, don't don't do that. And Joe's like, oh, I I asked him not to endorse me. Yeah, right. Now he's being forced out there, not because he likes Joe, not because he thinks Joe's going to be a good president, But he knows that everything is at risk if Donald Trump has more time to expose all the swampiness that's been going on for the past decade. All the criminality that's been going on for the last decade. This is why they went after Michael Flynn so hard. He had the goods. But now... He's been cut loose. Well, almost. And once that officially happens, if the Trump campaign and the Trump administration is smart, they'd hire this dude back in a heartbeat. Put him in the same position and defy all these people. Put Michael Flynn back in that same exact position and give the finger to all the people that went after him and used him to go after the Trump administration. Absolutely, absolutely deserving guy. Nobody deserves the job more than him. He was a stand-up guy. Even when they cut him loose, even when the president cut him loose, and I think I read this last week on the podcast, or maybe it was Monday, he said we had to let him go because apparently... He had lied to the vice president, which now we find all of that ends up being hogwash. He said, but I didn't really understand it because he did nothing wrong. Everything he did was lawful, but we felt best, we felt it was best to just part ways. So that's what they did. But since then, Donald Trump has stuck up for the guy. Because as more and more of this was exposed, it became apparent. Michael Flynn did absolutely nothing wrong. And that's what's so amazing is this is so deep, there's still stuff coming out, even even though we're at the end of this thing, stuff continues to come out. They've now found notes from Peter strout from a key period before the White House meeting on Michael Flynn. So this is from a period of time. Let's see. I'm just going to read it to you verbatim, the summary of it. The Justice Department notified Michael Flynn's attorney, Sidney Powell, today that there was a page of notes found from then-FBI agent Peter Strzok that is believed to have been taken between January 3rd and January 5th, 2017, That being a key period when the FBI had almost dropped its investigation against Flynn, but struck, intervened, and the Obama White House held a meeting on Flynn. So you remember the series of events. We've we've gone over this. The FBI and the DOJ, they're like, okay, we've looked into this. We've we've monitored the recordings. We've gone over. You know, this Flynn guy, he's done nothing wrong. So we're going to go ahead and close this case. And then Peter Strzok steps in and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think we need to keep going with this. Then comes the infamous White House meeting with a whole lot of people. Whole lot of important people at the time like Joe Biden, Susan Rice, Barack Obama, uh, uh, James Clapper, and uh, who else was in there? I can't even remember. I've got a list somewhere. And at first, when I heard about this note, I thought, man, that's probably got some juicy stuff in it. But they didn't tell us what it was. Well, now, there's been some leaks of very cryptic parts of this note. Now, the part of the note that caught my eye... Let me find it. I'm actually looking at the note now. I should just put it up on the screen. On one of the lines... Struck writes, VP, Logan Act, and lawyers are suggesting, I guess this is Michael Flynn's lawyers, they're saying that what that means is VP, Vice President, Joe Biden, was the one that initially brought up going after him for the Logan Act, you know, the Logan Act. Something that nobody's ever been prosecuted or charged with in the history of ever, right? Now, let's go back to see what Joe Biden has said about these things. What what he said about the, the Michael Flynn investigation. He said, oh, at first, and this is all in the same interview, this is what's amazing. I, I love this. He is asked about it, and he said, no, I didn't know anything about the investigation. Uh, and who was it? It was just Joe... Uh, uh jake tapper I, I think was interviewed he goes are you are you sure about that because we've got reports that said you were in the meeting where they were talking about keeping it going and he's like oh oh no, no no yeah i i knew about the investigation i i thought you were asking did i have anything to do with the prosecution of it he's like well that's the part i didn't have anything to do with i i, I heard him bring it up in passing but i you know i didn't pay any attention to it Now we know that Joe Biden was the one that suggested the charge that they went after him with. Joe Biden was at the center of it. Which means, likely, because Joe Biden can barely string two thoughts together, Joe Biden was probably even put up to it by Barack Obama. This thing is deep. And it's deeper than a lot of people are giving it credit for. The more that comes out, the more we find out, and I hope this is what's going to happen with Michael Flynn as he is released from this nightmare he's been put through. I hope he starts singing like a bird. Because again, that's the reason they went after him in the first place. It ended up being a channel, being an outlet for them to look into the trump administration and find any wrongdoing they could wreck that administration with but the purpose of going in the first place was because because michael flynn had the goods he had he, he knows about all the corruption in the obama administration So when it comes down to it, I say, hire Michael Flynn back. It is an amazing day for justice in this country, especially at the highest level in Washington, D.C. Justice is something we rarely see. Every politician will scream from the rooftops about justice and no one being above the law, but every one of those people... Don't just feel like they're above the law. They know they're above the law. And they know they're going to get away with it. This instance right here, Michael Flynn, Russiagate, Obamagate, all of this exposure to that corruption where these people are putting themselves above the law, this is the closest we've been to finally getting some justice on the elites and we're not we're not even halfway done we got four more four and a half more years of Donald Trump to keep on exposing this stuff now keep in mind the first four years it took us the four years to get to this point it took four years of investigations against the president all this pushback All these accusations. Everything to tear down this administration. And we've still exposed it. It Took four years. But it got exposed. So imagine what's going to come out of the next four. If. If. Democrats don't steal the election. Obviously. Now. Another. It was another good day for justice in this country. As the president. Confirmed. His 200th federal judge appointment. 200. Now these are important. This is important on the level of the Supreme Court. We all know how important that is because that's the end of the line in a lot of issues that can't get resolved on Capitol Hill. But the U.S. Senate confirmed the 200th federal judge nominated by Trump today Approving Corey Wilson by an obviously partisan, narrow 52 to 48 vote. He'll be serving as a U.S. Court of Appeals judge for the Fifth Circuit. The more of these, and these are not, this is not a matter of Trump just appointing, you know, MAGA hat wearing Trump guys. These, most of the time are judges that are constitutionally minded. It's not about conservative and liberal. Because really, if you want to break it down, conservative is constitutional and liberal is quite the opposite. It's living document, so on. We talked about that last episode. The president said... uh, I'm sorry, this was Mitch McConnell. He said... Once we confirm Judge Wilson today, the Senate will have confirmed 200 of President Trump's nominees to lifetime appointments on the federal bench. And following number 200, when we depart this chamber today, there will not be a single circuit court vacancy anywhere in the national, uh, I'm sorry, in the nation for the first time in at least 40 years. That's Huge. Huge. As I've said many times, our work with the administration to renew our federal courts is not a partisan or political victory. It is a victory for the rule of law and for the Constitution itself. And Mitch McConnell is exactly right. This is big. And this goes back to the, the, the Michael Flynn stuff. The the obstruction, the, the, the assassination of a political campaign, the assassination of a presidential administration all of those all of those attacks on this administration and they've still accomplished something that hasn't been accomplished in 40 years and that is making sure every judicial bench for federal judges for federal courts is filled 200 of those belong to president Donald Trump Amazing! It's an amazing accomplishment, and it's a good day for the rule of law, especially considering what happened with Michael Flynn. All right, what else going on Capitol Hill today? You had two separate, two separate House hearings, and I didn't. I watched part of one, but I didn't. I didn't really watch the other one. One of them was. House hearing with whistleblowers about Bill Barr abusing his power as attorney general. They had three guys from the Justice Department that were apparently saying Bill Barr was breaking the rules. He was, you know, a criminal, blah, blah, blah. It it all, uh, this is what it revolved around. But of course, you get in there and it never revolves around the topic at hand. It was about these 10 separate cannabis companies that were being investigated by the the, the DOJ for, for different reasons. They were using that as their crutch to go after Bill Barr, not for this issue, but many other political reasons. Now, the deep state is thick, and it's deep. It's a deep, deep state. It spans from elected official positions to the FBI, to the entire DOJ. Political hacks still run rampant to this day four years after the president was elected to office. It was proven again today with one of these little mealy mouth, scrawny, skinny-jean-wearing... Department of Justice whistleblowers when Doug Collins brought up some information that this guy really I guess he didn't think anybody knew he was asking him some questions and he's like hey you're not you're not a political hack you you don't you don't allow your political views to interfere with your job do you it, completely, you've completely disassociated the two, right? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah I am sure have. He's like, well, why did you petition to get a job on the Oversight Committee during the impeachment process of the president? And he's like, well, I, I, you know, it's just exploring opportunities. <laughs> and it just reminded me, I'll tell you what, I'll play you the audio. It, it just reminded me of how deep this corruption is. When that kind of political bias is within the DOJ, there is no blind justice. There is no. There is no law and order. And plenty of people are above the law. It's the people that say, No one is above the law than actually feel like they are above the law. All right, here's uh, Congressman uh, Collins. He is questioning a guy by the name of John Elias. Now, John Elias is the Chief of Staff to the Justice Department's Assistant Attorney General in the Antitrust Division. I know it's a long title, but just work with me. Here is that line of questioning from Mr. Collins. ...needs to
0: continue so that the right can be done for all parties, as we have been speaking about prosecutorial the ethics deal? today. No, I will not. You're considering, Mr. Elias, you consider yourself to be non-political career staff. That was your statement, correct?
2: When I go into the Justice Department every day as a career employee, I leave my politics at home, yes.
0: Okay. And that was the same as Mr. Zelensky, Struck, Mr. Strut, Ms. Page, others have done that. Let me ask you a question. Is a career staff uh, being non polluted, did you ever attempt to get detailed to this committee's majority staff?
2: Um, I like yes many or people no. over time have explored various career options.
0: Did you within the last under this majority ask to be detailed to this majority staff?
2: Um, I had a very preliminary conversation with uh,
0: You. So you did have a conversation? Yep. Was it to work on antitrust policy?
1: It was like, well, you know, I had a little bit of a conversation, but um,
2: I don't really remember. Uh, It was, yes.
0: Okay, and as we have all sworn under oath here, in fact, did you not ask to be detailed to the committee's work on oversight during impeachment? Is that not correct? Refresh your memory.
2: Uh, I I may have also asked for oversight at one point (laughs) with with the blessing of.
1: You can hear Doug Collins laughing in the background. He's like, this dude's a joke. Uh, I may have, but I can't, I can't remember if I tried to get a job with the Oversight Committee to impeach the president.
0: Okay, so you asked to come to this committee. as a career politi- As a career staffer, non-political career staffer, you were asking to be detailed to this committee to work on impeachment. You wanted to come work for the majority during the impeachment of Donald Trump. Is that not correct? If not, I understand how that answer <laughs> would
1: be troubling. So if you want to just no, stop right there, you can answered. I actually
2: it. think that I, I think it was a year prior. I, I honestly think it was.
1: But uh, the detail you know, to this. What a buffoon! I
2: think it was a year
0: prior. we were the majority beforehand. This was to the majority.
2: It, it was uh, early 2019. Uh,
0: so okay, that's the majority of this staff here, and we were starting every investigation on demand at that point. In fact, yeah. they hired very good attorneys out in New York. Become friends with them. But you asked to come to this committee, I, so I, Alain, I, a little bit of the career staff. Let's just leave it there. Let's go to your.
1: He's he just got it. He's like, listen, we know the answer. You don't. You don't have to answer it. because we know what you're trying to do here is you're trying to keep yourself from being caught in a perjury trap, which is not really a trap if you're just asking a simple question that you know that he knows, but he's not answering because he he knows. It poo-poos the whole whistleblower gimmick, and he's basically he's basically ruining ruining his uh, political hackness. Now here there was another hearing, and this one was on. Uh, let's see which one was this. Uh, this was the House Judiciary Committee hearing. Um, they were questioning Donald Ayer who is a former Deputy Attorney General under then-President George H.W. Bush, staunch credit of Bill Barr. Now, this is the same hearing. Um, Democrats who thrive on these investigations and thrive on these hearings, it's all they've done since they've had the House. It's really all they've done since the president was elected. I mean, they literally were calling for impeachment before the president was inaugurated, which tells you really all you need to know. But definitely since the since the house has belonged to the Democrats, they have investigated, investigated, investigated. No one is above the law. Uh, we're going to hold people accountable. The president's trying to set his friends, his criminal friends, free, but. Even within these hearings and these investigations, they don't follow the rules. Just the hearings in particular. They do not follow the rules. And there's got to be rules. And don't get me wrong, a lot of times these rules are bent and sometimes even broken. But it's been on an absurd level with the Democrats over these past three and a half years. And Louis Gohmert, who y'all know is a Republican rep out of Texas. He gets fed up sometimes. <laughs> and as this witness goes way over his time with taking questions from, uh, uh, from Democrats on the panel, on the committee, Louis Gohmert's like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and bang my desk. Since y'all don't want to play by the rules, I'll just sit here and <laughs> interrupt the whole thing. It was a ve- it was a very Louis Gomer moment. If you know anything about Louis Gomer, he's a uh, he's a bit of a character. But here's here's <laughs> here's how this exchange went. It was uh it was actually pretty funny.
0: But to me, Barr's crowning dishonesty is the portrait of Edward Levy that a Mr. recent. Mr. Chairman, New
1: I would ask Times that, they, uh, that the sergeant at arms witness be called mm-hmm. upon to stop the disruption of this meeting. Mr. Chairman, call the sergeant at arms and stop the banging. It's driving me crazy. I
0: can't hear this witness. This is a very important witness. <laughs> yeah, well, he's way beyond and the his chair. And if there are no, rules about, the the talk, no rules about when people can
3: talk, there's no rules about when you can make, make noise. The gentleman makes it. Either we have rules or we don't. The gentleman will
1: suspend. The witness will conclude. Thank you. Well, then in we closing, can making it noise. needs to be
3: said
0: that Bill Barr does regularly lie in ways that, that impact official action.
1: Mr. Chairman, there's not order in the room. There's a, a banging? No, there's certainly defectful. not. Mr. Chairman, would you have Gene Cooper <laughs> removed? <laughs>
0: and I'd like for that tapping to
1: stop. And if it does and I'd like for the... You want somebody removed or if they want the rules enforced uh, Here's what's funny, Sheila Jackson Lee was like Uh it sounds like somebody's tapping. What is they've been arguing about it for fifteen minutes and she act like she's been asleep. It was just it was good. That's it, listen, those hearings are an absolute clown show. I, I think most of you guys know that. If you don't if you're not a political nerd like my myself You probably haven't watched a lot of them, but you have watched some. I imagine in particular, you remember watching the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. And so that's that's pretty much how almost all of them go. It's a circus. It's an absolute circus, every single time. It's over the line. June 22nd 2020 coming up next we're going to talk big old Bubba Wallace that's right Bubba Wallace getting all the media attention that he could possibly ever want quick break more over the line coming up Lose sleep over wealth, it's not healthy Finding a new religion on Yelp to come help me Praying to the label itself, do not shelf me the line, Andrew McClain hanging out with you on this June 24th 2020 thank y'all for hanging out with me I I really really appreciate that, Uh, and by the way people are saying I was a good man for my deed I did this morning I appreciate that just doing what I can to help the community and if you missed it, I got a call this morning around seven o'clock from Matt Murphy and Andrea Lindenberg, who woke me up, of course, and asked me to pick up and deliver a package for Miss Brenda. Now, Miss Brenda, as y'all know, is um, the, is she a concubine? Of Charles Allen Ed. She was in a new uh, nursing facility and her Amazon packages, she just discovered Amazon like a week ago, her packages were sent to the old nursing home so we had to transfer one to the other. What was odd was when I got there to drop them off at the new place The lady at the desk was like, oh, my God, where did you come from? And I'm thinking, well, heaven, obviously. No, but really, I I told her what the deal was. But it was apparent to me that her and her staff has been relentlessly harassed by Brenda about these packages. And she finally found a way to get him, and that is contact 99.5 and ask the very gracious uh, Matt Murphy and Andrea Lindenberg to figure something out. And so I did that. I did that good deed. So, you know, I'm just, just doing what I can, doing what I can. Now, as I said in the first segment, if you are... Around a radio or you got the ability to listen online 12 to 3 tomorrow, 12 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll be filling in for the one and only Richard Dixon. And um I'm not a I'm not a big stupid question of the day guy. And for those of you that listen to the podcast have no idea what I'm talking about. This radio host has a big stupid question of the day that I that he asks every episode. It's always a different question, and it's you know, it's something like if you know um I, I don't know, I can't think of one, but it's just stupid questions that everybody's got an answer to. If y'all have a big stupid question, because Dixon doesn't give me one, if y'all have one y'all want me to put on there tomorrow. Put it in the chat or on a post or something. I'm, I'll probably put a post on the Overline page after the show's over, and we'll we'll pick a big stupid question out of that just to keep the gimmick going. Because as I'm listening to the other people filling in, like Steve West and Spud and the rest of the guys, they do the big stupid question. So I feel kind of I feel kind of dumb not doing it. All right. So one more time. At Andrew McLean, who on Twitter. If you are currently part of the Twitter purge and you're looking for a new home, Parlor is the place to go. At Andrew McLean, who on Parlor. I'm about, I think I'm only like a week old on Parlor, but I'm there and I'm putting all the stuff out there that you need from Over the Line podcast links and everything else. So go to Parlor, look up Andrew McLean, who. Also, Over the Line on Facebook, if you are not watching this on Facebook Live right now, go add Over the Line on Facebook. And last but not least, the most important, go subscribe to the Over the Line YouTube channel. It's very important. Over the Line YouTube channel. Now, we've got another... She's not going to get mad at me for saying this. We've got another YouTube channel that belongs to Trish, where we are posting updates on our weight loss journey. And I was thinking about it today, and I'm like, you know what? Listeners of the radio, listeners of the podcast, they would probably like to see these videos as well. And it's just, it's nothing, it's nothing political or anything like that. It's just about the struggles that I'm going through with this whole weight loss gimmick, this new healthy lifestyle I've got going on. So, if I can get approval from her to let me give you guys those videos, I will do it. But she likes to, she doesn't like the fame. So, it's going to take some convincing. So, that's out there. Oh, and by the way, I got a bad haircut today. I go to get my haircut, the same place I always go. I'm so excited because I need a haircut bad. I get there, I ask them, hey, is Michelle here today? Because Michelle's the lady that cuts my hair, and I don't really know her schedule. I just kind of show up, and if she's there, i get a cut. If she's not, I'll wait till the next day. I get there, and they're like, I probably shouldn't even be saying her name. We'll call her um we'll call her Michael. <laughs> so So I get there and they're like, No, she doesn't she doesn't work here. She actually quit a couple days ago and I'm like, What? Yeah, she just came in and packed all her stuff, and walked out the door and said, I quit and I'm like, You've got to be kidding me. Cause I've had a tremendous amount of bad haircuts in my day. I can never find a stylist. That does it the way I want it. And it's not it's not a crazy haircut. It's just a simple shorted it on top, faded on the sides. I want a no guard, you know, it's n- nothing crazy. Michelle's not there. So I just end up going with the next person available. And I'm nervous, because I know this never turns out good. But I do it anyway, because really, what choice do I got? I only had one hairstylist. If I don't go with this stylist, I'm just going to have to go somewhere else and get a, You know, use a new stylist. So it ends up being a, a guy who's probably in his 60s or so, and he goes to cutting my hair or whatever, and he seems like he's doing a good job. But by the time we get to the end of it, I don't like it. And what's bad is I've got a freaking wedding to do on Saturday. And because it's in a church, you can't wear a hat. Well, it's not respectful to wear a hat, should I say. So, obviously, I will go through the ceremony and everything else, but as soon as we get to the reception, my hat's coming on. Because I just, nothing drives me more crazy than a bad haircut. And that's where I'm at right now. I hate it. It's not awful, but there's just a couple things that I'm just, I'm not feeling. Like, for instance, I'm not going to take my hat off right now for y'all to see. Because I will not be able to sleep tonight. Knowing that y'all are probably sitting at home judging my haircut as I, as I lie in bed. I just can't do it all right that's it so yeah got a wedding Saturday and bad haircut perfect scenario I got I got a DJ DJ the wedding too there's something about and, and this is family so I, I'd do anything for my family but there's something about people a lot of people reach out to me and they want me to do their wedding. They want me to DJ their wedding and I'm always like, I always say, yeah, I'll do it because I don't want to be rude. I just, I'm like, but I'm not a DJ and I think a lot of people don't grasp that where just because you work in radio doesn't mean you're a wedding DJ, but for a lot of people and not the people of this wedding, so let me make that clear. But everybody in the past, they don't put those two together. That Andrew is a political talk show host on the radio, which is not really anything like a DJ for DJing weddings. It's it's, a, it's this thing where I don't even, when I'm doing radio, I'm not even pushing buttons, right? Right? I don't, even, I, I don't even do anything with the volume of my microphone. So, when it comes to the technical side of things, I don't know, diddly squat. I can barely put on this podcast by myself because there's too many buttons. I'm looking at a board right now. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 10 rows of buttons with like 10 to 15 buttons on each row. And I don't know what not near one of them does. But I end up doing these weddings. It's basically it's basically like asking Rush Limbaugh to do your 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 wedding reception because he's on the radio. Right. And then okay, it's my aunt it's my cousin that's getting married, so my aunt asked me to do this. And so y'all y'all that know me in person, y'all know I'm I'm actually kind of quiet, right? And <laughs> and uh she's like, "Well, I'm going to give you some stuff to say, but you know, I just want you to kind of, you know, say a few words on your own, you know, just come up with something, let your personality shine." And I'm like, "I don't I don't know. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say." I, I'm I'm shy in person, I really am. I'm not uh I'm not as social as I as I come off uh, in in podcast and radio or whatever. But again, I love my family and that's why I'm doing it. Even though I'm not a DJ, I'm doing it because my family's number one, and you know they do the same for me. So now that I got that those grievances out of the way, let's move on to your boy Bubba. Wallace. You ready for this? Oh, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Now, you know the series of events that have occurred over the past 48, 72 hours. Where are we at? Wednesday? So this has been going on since Sunday? It's Saturday or Sunday? There were reports... That someone at at NASCAR or someone on Bubba's team walked into Bubba's assigned garage because they got numerous garages there and they randomly assign them to drivers each race. Somebody walked into Bubba's uh, racing stall, his garage, and said, there is a noose hanging in this garage. Now... The reason that's so bad is because Bubba Wallace is the one African-American driver in all of NASCAR. Now, that seems really bad, right? Like, who would be okay with a noose being hung or placed in the garage of the only African-American driver? Of any African-American, but the only African-American driver in all of NASCAR. It's horrendous, especially with everything that's going on. Racial injustice, the racism, the Klan and the Confederacy are riding again. It's just it's, it's an awful time for that to happen. Now, if you go back and listen to Monday's show, you will see not only did I call it fake news or fake news, if you will, but I said this was either perpetrated by Bubba Wallace, a team member, somebody he put up to it, or there's a really good chance this is a case of mistaken identity. And that's what it turned out to be. But the whole world, especially the racing world, jumped all in with no facts. Nothing to base it on. Not even pictures of it. They all jumped on board and condemned this horrendous act. Even the governor of the state of Alabama where the race was located issued an apology for what turned out to be a fake news. Now, that brings us just to four short hours ago Bubba Wallace gets on Twitter, and here's what he says. It's been an emotional few days. First off, I want to say how relieved I am that the investigation revealed that this wasn't what we feared it was. I want to thank my team, NASCAR, and the FBI for acting swiftly and treating this as a real threat. I think we'll gladly take a little embarrassment over what the alternatives could have been. Make no mistake, though some will try, this should not distract from the show of unity we had on Monday and the progress we've made as a sport to be a more welcoming environment for all. So Bubba Wallace saying... Yeah, turned out to be fake, but we appreciate everybody's help. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the FBI. We everything that happened, we appreciate it. Now, that seems like not that big of a deal. Good news, if any, right, that... We thought there was what would have been classified as a hate crime happening in Bubba Wallace's garage. Turned out to not be true, not be a noose and th- that was directed directly at the African American driver. But there seems to be a bigger issue here. I mean, it doesn't seem to be. There is. This is just being dismissed and brushed off. as just a silly mix-up. Not that big of a deal. We'll just move on. But no acknowledgement of what that did to the NASCAR community, the black eye it gave to NASCAR fans, who certainly got the blame on this when it initially came out. The racetrack and the city of Talladega and the black eyes to the state of Alabama, to which point, as I said, you got an apology from the governor as if the state of Alabama perpetrated these horrendous acts. The black eye it did to the state that I live in. That tweet. That, oh, I'm relieved it wasn't a real news. Is not enough. There should be an apology. From everyone that got that started. Every single one of them. Not to mention. The hypocrisy. How. We're living in a day and age where the FBI will not arrest rioters, but they sent 15 FBI agents to investigate this absurd fake news, which turned out to be, guess what, the pull-down rope for the garage door. We're watching people destroy public property, vandalize, assault people, kill cops... Okay. Kill others. Kill kill kids that just graduated high school in a in a new autonomous zone. All that's free game. We won't bother you there. But there's a noose hanging from the garage door in Talladega. Fifteen FBI agents. Send the DOJ. Find out who did this and let's bring them to justice. That's the tweet that Bubba Wallace needs to be sending out is, I'm sorry for all of this. I'm sorry for the reputations that I damaged. Not, I'm still a victim. Thank goodness it wasn't as bad as we thought it was, but I'm still a victim. Bubba Bubba Wallace is no Boy Scout. If you've watched NASCAR for any any length of time, You know the guy can be a bit of a jerk. And a lot of people on that racetrack can be. But Bubba's been in fights. I've watched him throw water in other drivers' faces. Watched him throw it in the face of... The the video I saw, I guess it was maybe the driver's wife or somebody. Just, Just really being real nasty. Just not a good look. But now we're all supposed to rally around this guy that actually didn't have anything happen to him whatsoever. I'll continue to wait on that apology from Bubba Wallace. I won't hold my breath, but hopefully it'll come someday too. Also, another apology that should be issued from Bubba Wallace is the fact that after the FBI came out and said there's no hate crime here, there's not a noose, Nobody put a noose here. The thing you're saying is a noose has been here since the garage came in in October of 2019. He doubled down. He didn't apologize. He didn't. He didn't even send out that tweet of being relieved that it wasn't a, a noose that was put there by some racist jerk. He doubled down. And still played the victim as if the noose was real, even though the FBI said, it's not real, Bubba. It's fake news. He was on Don Lemon. Running his mouth about being a victim. Here it is. Uh, And I'm
3: appreciative that you uh, came to speak to us. Uh, tonight because we first talked about the Confederate flag on this show and many other issues. So again, thank you. So much has happened just in the last few hours. A federal investigation shows that this wasn't a hate crime. Talk to me about what's going through your head. How are you
1: feeling right now?
3: I can't hear Bubba. No, I can't hear Bubba. Bubba, we lost your audio. There we go. I'm sorry. Talk to me about how you're feeling right now
4: i'm uh i'm pissed I'm, I'm, I'm mad because people are trying to test my character and the person that i am and my integrity
1: and- who's doing that keep in mind the fbi has already said this is not a noose this was not put in here for bubba it's been here it's part of the garage i'm pissed i'm pissed people are trying to hurt me hurt my feelings and
4: they're not stealing that away from me, but they're just trying to test that. And uh, as a person, Don, that doesn't need the fame, doesn't need the hype, doesn't need the media, I could care less. I could give two craps about that. Um, but to, to sit there and, and read, and that's my problem. I'm reading too much into it and, Are you and investing too much media? time into it. I am. I am. Don't,
1: I'm, don't, I'm, don't, don't, don't I, I know.
4: I know. I know.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm... Don, let me stop. Come here. Papa, come here. Come here. Come here. Bu- oh, yeah. Just lay your head right here on my shoulder. It's okay to cry, Bubba. It's okay. Go ahead. Let it all out. Don't read those mean old tweets people are saying about you. I'm hard not to, and,
4: and after the night, I'll probably turn my phone off, uh, unfortunately, until about 730 in the morning, where the interviews start back up again, and we get to it all over. But, Don, to, to hear my side of the story, and I don't mean to steal your spotlight of the show, but my oh, side needs it. to be heard. Um, I-
1: the pompous attitude you hear that it just you can really read people just by the way they're presenting themselves I don't I don't mean to steal your spotlight Don but my story needs to be heard me 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 it's all about me I'm the victim y'all are gonna listen to me right me what
4: time it was about five thirty six o'clock on Sunday evening after the race has been called garages are closed cruise my crew was on a plane back to north carolina um uh, we were i was about to go out to dinner with a a couple of fellow competitors and we were talking about what time we're going to leave uh where we were going and i get a a phone call from um i'm in my motorhome i get a phone call from the president steve phelps and it's a phone call don that i'll never forget it's one of those phone calls where you can automatically tell within the first couple seconds that something's wrong Mm -hmm. and and it immediately made me think of, oh, oh what did I do? Like, what am I getting suspended for? Like, what did I say wrong in an interview? Whatever it was.
1: Yeah, because he knows he's a jerk.
4: Um, and so I'm thinking all the bad things or whatever it could have been that I had done, whatever I said. So he's like, right, we need to talk in person. So I'm like, okay. So he walks down to the motorhome, opens up the door. And the look that he had on his face um, alerted me in a way that I'll never forget as well. And it's still thinking like, okay what did i do let me know and um now mind you i got to the racetrack at
1: uh i don't really
4: remember what time 9 30 10 o'clock and slept all day just because that's all we were able to do go straight to my motor home that's the only place where i'm allowed to go i'm not allowed to be in the crush. Mm-hmm. um but the conversation that i had with steve phelps was I would say, and I'm speaking for him, I would probably say one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing he's ever had to tell somebody. Um, Tears rolling down his face, choked up on every word that he was trying to say, that uh, the evidence that he had brought to me that a hate crime was committed, quote-unquote. And I immediately thought my family was in danger.
1: And so I was... There is no way you're going to convince me that Steve Phelps, the head of NASCAR... All these NASCAR people that are in these garages, three days a week, all over the country, didn't know what that rope was. It's the first time they'd ever seen anything like it. It's so out of place. Never, never. In all the races we've done, we've never seen a rope hanging from a garage door this is crazy.
4: I'm ready to call my mom and dad and to make sure everybody was okay. Uh, but it was in the garage stall that our car was at. And so I was kind of like taken back and not really comprehending everything. I was just like, what? But the way that I was communicating, like Steve was communicating to me that everything was going on. It was, it showed the, the testament to him and the character that he has. And how he's representing the sport, and how he wants to stand up for what's right. And he's not going to tolerate any racist acts or anything. And I stand behind Steve. I stand behind NASCAR. Um, and
1: like, they- here's the thing there's already an assault before this. There was already an assault on the NASCAR fan base, right? The head of NASCAR has already called the fans that like to fly the Confederate flag jackasses. Now, you're not going to catch me in a Confederate flag shirt or with a Confederate flag of any kind. I pledge my allegiance to this one right here, the American flag. I don't care about the Confederate flag. But I also don't get upset with people that do. If you want to do that, that's fine. Because guess what? We've got something called the First Amendment in this country. And the people that are most defensive with their First Amendment are the people that are saying these things, like the head of NASCAR, saying these things to the fans of NASCAR. Well, they got what they want. They saw NASCAR fans pushing back, pissed off, a lot of people saying, you know what, NASCAR's been pushing me in this direction. I mean, we've gone through... This, we've gone through NASCAR uh, basically axing any sort of gun commercials on their programming. There's been a a steady slide into this uber PC culture of not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings and moving away from the days of old where NASCAR was good where guys would get out of their cars in the middle of a race and start fist-fighting each other. You know, the, the, the good old days. And their feelings, their true feelings about their very own fan base have become more apparent, especially over the past week. And so was this just the perfect opportunity... To stick it to those NASCAR fans and pay because it seems like suicide to want to do that to the people that make you successful. The drivers aren't making NASCAR successful, the pit crew's not making the NASCAR successful, the announcers aren't. It's the people that buy the tickets to the races, it's the people that spend thousands of dollars. On NASCAR merchandise. It's the people. That put eyeballs on those TV screens. Every Saturday and Sunday. To watch these races. Those are the most important people. In NASCAR. When you talk about. The viability of NASCAR. If you want to talk about how NASCAR. Gets to continue to operate. That's where it starts and stops. But NASCAR. Has a chip on their shoulder. And despises. Their own fan base.
4: They said in their statements, if it happened again, they wouldn't change anything; they would do it all over again. Well, um, but I, I never seen the noose. I never reported it. Like I said, I was going to dinner. Uh, well, let to- let
1: me t- and, and, which tells you all you need to know. Bubba Wallace never even saw the noose. I've been here, time. because yeah. no one is accused- But he is sure that it was a noose, and it was a hate crime intended to intimidate him
3: you of, of doing anything wrong and the knuckleheads who are oh, criticizing you i should no, no 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 but you can't worry about that not anyone with any sense and and fair-minded people are not accusing you of doing anything wrong you're were, you were simply reacting to what nascar what the head of nascar told you happened now listen this is how i feel about it okay and people can think what they want um did nascar get it wrong no i shouldn't say that did they jump the gun maybe yes but i am extremely happy
1: why is don lemon answering his own questions
3: with what and i think most americans are what nascar is doing and i think in this environment and i have said it before this hypercharged environment that we should all cut each other some slack okay because if nascar hadn't done the right thing if they didn't act the way they did then people would be criticizing them for moving slowly and That's so true. i think it what they said was we are investigating and they investigated and they found out that it wasn't a hate crime. So did they perhaps act quickly? Yes. Did they get it wrong? Someone. But I think that people will forgive them for this mistake because of the times that we're in. And oh,
1: why, why should people forgive them for this mistake? Has NASCAR asked for forgiveness? Has Bubba Wallace asked for forgiveness? For causing problems and, and and really smearing the character of a lot of people during a time in society when racial tensions are at its highest point, where where's the where's the apology? You want forgiveness? Give me a break. Well, I, and I think that you have conducted yourself in uh, you know. It, 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 amazingly. So I don't think you... he couldn't come up with the words because he didn't want to say that he's acting like a pompous. Now I can't come up with the words. I can't say the words. Be worried about that. I think that you and NASCAR
3: should pick up from here, go on and continue to do what you're doing. You have the support of all of your team members and NASCAR. And so look at this as something that happens when you are evolving and changing. Everything is not perfect. And I mean that about everyone. We're in such a hypercharged environment with the coronavirus, with racism, with watching people die on television, with seeing Confederate flags that were banned. Let's not forget the people out there still feel the way, a certain kind of way about you and about that flag. So I don't think that, um, that you should feel badly about what happened. Uh, no i
4: know and I, I, i'm with you on that and i appreciate those words and and you know you talked about it earlier the people don't want to hear the truth and I, I people that want to know me and want to get to know me the new fans that have come into the sport i appreciate it what you one thing you'll you'll never take away from me is how 100 i am how raw i am how real i am and how i'll shoot it to you straight each and every time because that's how i was brought up and that's what i stand by and in my statement on sunday night and this will not break me none of the 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 Allegations of, of being a hoax will, will will break me or tear me down. Will it piss me off absolutely, but that only fuels the competitive drive in me to shut everybody up, to get back out on the racetrack next week and a break you?
1: What it was uh, what it's a fake news, Bubba. What is breaking you? Nobody's intimidating you. This is this is one oh one. And so many of y'all called it from the get-go, as I did. And the reason you called it is not because you just want to go against a guy that claims you had a hate crime committed against him. It's because you've watched one news story after another, after another, after another, and all of them turn out the same way. Then it wasn't a noose. Every time. Every single time. Here's the bottom line. We do not live in a racist country. Are there racists in this country? Are there people that feel like... ...minorities are less than? Or just... ...whatever? Or, or an inferior race? Yeah, yeah. But it's a very small number. Very small. Very minuscule. But if the media lets you know that, then they have nothing to go on. This is not a racist country. You don't have people out here constantly committing hate crimes against other people because of the color of their skin. Unless you want to talk about really in the current environment white people being discriminated against. If anything that certainly is and it's state sponsored discrimination. I just saw a uh, related to coronavirus a story out of Oregon. A county in Oregon. They put out a mandatory you must wear masks in public but then they exempted Non-white people. <laughs> Literally. Here's what it said. The people that are exempted. Let me see. What's the actual wording? Uh, if you are people of color, and I hate that terminology, people of color. I, I, I'll label, you should be labeled as a racist for using that terminology, in my opinion. But Democrats love it. People of color, POC, blah, blah, blah. The people exempt from wearing a mask in public? People of color who have heightened concerns about racial profiling and harassment due to wearing face coverings in public. Hmm. How about that? How about that? Jeez. We're so backwards, y'all. That's absolutely bad. I'm not gonna play any more of that interview. I can't take it. I can't I can't take it anymore. But not only did Jussie Smollett, I mean, excuse me, not only did Bubba Wallace double down on the fake news and still play the victim, but many in the media are as well. Don Lemon tried to play it as much as possible as, uh, oh, it's okay, you're still a victim. Everybody's a victim. I watched Jamel Hill, who is a political hack on ESPN. Double down on it. That it was a noose. The FBI said it was a noose. Al Sharpton. I watched Al Sharpton talk about how it was a noose. And this is not the end of this. We're still going to pursue this criminal charge. They're just looking for somebody to get. They want. They literally want that to be a real noose. They do. They want it. They want hate crimes. They want racist. They want the Klan to show their face. They want these things. They do. And, and it seems it seems absurd. At a time where we could all be celebrating that it wasn't a real noose. And it wasn't directed at the one African American driver in NASCAR. Instead, people are hanging on to it. Liberals and Democrats are hanging on to it. Because they want the racism to be real. They want it to be real. They want the black people of this country to be under attack. And the rest of us are sitting over here like, wait a minute. Isn't that what we don't want? Not Democrats. They want it. They want racism. They want a couple of guys in Confederate flag onesies wearing MAGA hats hanging a noose in the garage stall of Boba Wallace. They want them hanging a noose anywhere anywhere that an African American can be found. It's a sad state of affairs and it will continue. A big part of it is the fact that it's election year. But another part of it is it's just generally what they want. They want the division. They want the hatred. They want the vitriol. And they'll keep pushing it. Race baiting is no longer limited just to a select few like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and Louis Farrakhan. It's now a widely accepted way to behave. Because being a victim in this day and age is the cool thing to do. And actually fighting against racism is what gets condemned. It's a backwards world we live in. Don't forget, tomorrow... Richard Dixon Show, 12 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, Talk 99.5, Talk995.com. And then we'll be back with a brand new podcast very, very soon. So keep an eye out for it. Subscribe on YouTube, add us on social media, and we'll see you next time, cuz.